0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Is it a mistake? The withdrawal?
0: You know, I think it is, yeah. I think because I think the consequences are going to be unbelievably bad. I'm sad. I think about all the interpreters and people that helped, not only U.S. troops, but NATO troops. And it seems like they're just going to be left behind to be slaughtered by these very brutal people. And, uh, it breaks my heart.
1: It does seem like that's going to happen, and it is heartbreaking. But uh, we got to get out. Uh, and for some reason, we just can't get those interpreters out, I guess. I know George Bush. That was George Bush. If you don't recognize the voice, he... I know that. Launched the original <laughs> mission. We know you know. After nine eleven, he was president in nine eleven and launched the initial mission in Afghanistan, and then it quickly turned into building a nation from rubble and opening schools for girls and all these different things, which he goes on to talk about there and how heartbreaking it is, all these girls that ain't gonna go to school. Yeah, they aren't. I mean, it would cost trillions and trillions more, because we've already spent trillions, and it would take fifty years, maybe a hundred. I'm not sure it could be even done in 100 years unless the rest of that surrounding area uh, changes a lot in that time. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would look
0: like, honestly. But unless you accept the premise that Afghanistan is uniquely likely to produce an expansionist Al-Qaeda type, uh, you know, Islamist organization. There's something about that landmass that makes it particularly dangerous to the Western civilization, as opposed to, you know, Africa and other parts of the Middle East, where there are all sorts of fundamentalists running around plotting God knows. But unless you accept that premise, then what you're saying, Mr. President, is we need to have a protecting the innocent squad everywhere that, Uh, That uh, maniacs and and Islamists and whomever else is threatening people's human rights. I mean, uh, what is unique about Afghanistan? The fact that we fought a war there like 15 years ago and then just kind of occupied it for a while. I just I don't I don't get his reasoning. You've got to answer that question. What about the, the horrific violence going on from Myanmar to, uh, to, uh, to to there are several African nations right now being torn apart by mind bogglingly horrifying levels of violence.
1: Do we go there as well? The Taliban continues to march across Afghanistan, taking it back as we pull out. Did you see the graphic video that came out yesterday with the Taliban executing all those unarmed Afghan special forces soldiers? Horrifying. I watched I just like, heard about I it. watched That's like enough. two seconds. on I don't want to see this. Taliban fighters executed nearly two dozen unarmed members of the Afghan special forces. I mean, these are the best of the best that we trained up. Um, probably why they killed them. Because oh, they're, yeah. they're letting a lot of them, you know, just lay down their arms and sign a piece of paper saying you're on our side now. But the special forces guys, they probably think no. We just need to eliminate them. Mowing down the soldiers in a town market after they surrendered when they ran out of ammunition. So these special forces guys who had tanks and everything else, they just ran out of ammo. Then the Taliban came in and uh, said, surrender, commandos, surrender. They came out with their hands up. They put them in the middle of the square and shot them all dead. In front of everybody in the town who was now probably thinking, I'm on the Taliban side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other choice do I have? It's gruesome, man. It's gruesome, but that's what's well, going on. Well, word's
0: going to get around. There's not going to be a lot of surrendering, I wouldn't think. Uh, true that. Save save a bullet, fellas. That's some grim talk, I realize. Oh, speaking of which, I came across a couple of stories yesterday. I did not watch the execution video, but I watched this, this video of uh, some alleged rapper who was uh, live streaming with a buddy of his in uh, the L.A. area. Indian Red Boy was his rather politically incorrect rap m- moniker, and he was live streaming, laughing and joking, and all of a sudden he gets wide eyes, and y- y- you see him getting shot like eight times. Really? I mean, you don't. You don't. It's not graphic, but you 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 hear the gunshots and his reacting to being oh, shot. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: sounds pretty graphic to me. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it, it is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But that led to this other story of this rapper in Chicago, KTS Dre, 31 years old. He was just released from prison or jail on a variety of weapons charges and and such. And uh, a bunch of guys jumped out of two vehicles as he's walking
1: toward a car and shot him 64 times. Sounds like a hit. That's like a mob hit. Well, that's that's exactly what it was. It was a mob hit.
0: No, I've made uh, people mad in my life, and I regret it. I, I'd rather spell uh, spread love and joy than, than anger. But I'm pretty certain I've never made anybody so mad they'd shoot me 64 times. I mean, you'd think it like, 29 or, like, even 35, they'd think, yeah, he's probably dead. Yeah, shoot him. I mean, 29
1: more times. If you're white, Italian, Russian, whatever, we call it a mob... If you're black or brown, we call it a gang. Some, pretty much the same thing, um, and that's If what you're Asian, out.
0: there's some fancy names as well.
1: Yeah, that was a, uh, a a gang leader, mob leader, and he got hit by the other side coming oh, out yes. of jail, pissed somebody off. Um, did you see the Instagram influencer? And this this happens all the time. So she was, uh, she's a hot young person. That's what all Instagram influencers are: a hot young woman. And she was famous for posing on the edges of cliffs in, like, her athletic gear. That sounds
0: exciting and cool. Why do you bring it up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what happens a lot with these people, she backed up too far on the cliff and fell off and died yesterday. Lost her footing at a waterfall. Yep. Now she's dead. The old Um, plunger-rooney. So there's some breaking news today on the unbelievable spike in deaths from overdoses that happened last year but maybe we'll get to that next segment i want to know this goldfish story that joe oh. joe joe's a bit of a goldfish expert because you kept the goldfish alive longer than anybody has in history
0: longest lived birthday goldfish in history erica the goldfish who my little girl brought home at the age of eight as i recall from, from a, a birthday party from
1: a birthday at the birthday party they gave out goldfish yeah little bowls oh huh, cool i guess yeah i'd rather you yeah. didn't do that if my kid goes to your birthday party, because now I'm feeding a goldfish every night for who knows how long.
0: All right, well, you got to picture little D, Delaney May, my my beloved uh, youngest child, um, bringing this girl, this goldfish home at age eight from a birthday party. It was when she was a college sophomore. We had to call her with the unfortunate news that Erica, for who for all we know, was Eric. I mean, do fish have (laughs) junk? I don't even know. But Eric or Erica, I think you have to hire a. You
1: have to hire a fish sexer. Somebody's an expert in sexing fish, telling you what. to... Yeah. And what if what if the fish is fluid? I mean, stop with the gendered goldfish language. Stop using gendered language to discuss your own. Please do not use gendered language to. To address everyone,
0: goldfish. <laughs> one of the more curious, one of the more curious aspects of Erica's reign on Earth was that we she was in a a, a little bowl, Then we got a bigger bowl, goldfish bowl, your classic goldfish bowl, and and she did great in it. But then I part thought, of the McMansion this expansion all across America. It was sometime around age five, I thought, this is unbelievable, this fish is still alive. Honey, let's get it a tank with a filter and such. Because we'd have to scoop her out, put her in like water that we had dechlorinated and all, clean out her bowl, because she she pooped in it, and and then put her back in the bowl. And it was kind of traumatizing. So I'm a kind (laughs) and decent soul. And so I said, let's get her an actual fish tank with a filter and all. For whatever reason, I have no idea, because I used to keep tropical fish, it almost killed her. She was terrible. She was sluggish and in pain. We put her back in her bowl. She was happy as a clam. There you go. So she lived her 11 and a half years in a goldfish bowl. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. Goldfish. Uh, this is goldfish expert Ron McGill talking about the the, the, the menace of gigantic goldfish.
1: Well, you know, goldfish are a common pet. They're a very hardy yes. fish, which is why you see them at things like carnivals and fairs and things like that. People sometimes outgrow them or they release them and they let them go and they think, well, what's going to happen? Understand the goldfish are basically glorified carp, uh, goldfish hmm. and koi. What I saw in the picture, though, what that guy caught was probably a big koi, which is very similar to goldfish, but they're all types of carp. And if you look throughout this country, carp have caused millions and millions of damage and habitat uh, destruction and water degradation. There, go on, vi- on YouTube, you'll see videos of I'm jumping into boats, people can't even get out into the water because of them. How much they can destroy an environment. So when you when you take that into consideration, that goldfish are basically a fancy kind of carp. There's potential there for some real damage. Why is this? Anti- what about the nutritious trout? Why is this anti-goldfish <laughs> expert talking? There's some uh, th- we buried something here. There's a uh, there's goldfisher in the news somehow. I don't even know anything about this. Yes.
0: Yes. This is so uh, shark attacks in 2001 before September 11th. For whatever reason, some guy caught a giant koi carp goldfish in a pond. So it's pictures on all the dumb news services How everywhere. How big so, is it? Oh, I don't I don't know. It's like it's the size huge. of a horse. It's, it's <laughs> Probably a foot and a half, 15 okay.
1: pounds, pa- I don't know, a 10 pounds, pa- I don't know, I don't remember. I
0: didn't pay much attention to the story.
1: A foot and a half goldfish is a pretty big goldfish, so he caught a goldfish fishing. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's ginormous, and
0: people are releasing their goldfish into lakes and stuff like that. Don't do it, it's a bad idea. Why is it a bad idea? Because they grow to gigantic proportions, they decimate the native fish populations, they're destructive, they're, they're, they're an invasive so species. So i supposed
1: to flush it down the toilet? What am I yeah, supposed to do with or- it? Or, I don't know, fillet it and fry it in a pan.
0: Just don't put it in your local waterway.
1: <laughs> so if you get a goldfish and you decide you don't want any anymore, you're supposed to kill it. Yeah. And what's the most humane method or, for
0: that? Act, or get it. No, Jack, you're a supposed hammer? to find a loving home and have it adopted.
1: A, a hammer? Advertising on Craigslist. what's the hammering? Hammer. Shut You shut up. Well-trained um, goldfish to... Nice home. <laughs> Why would you say something like that? Why are you probably kill just it? move along. Barbaric. If you're if they're suggesting you need to kill your goldfish,
0: how am I going to kill it? Lethal injection. It's a three-drug process. The first puts the goldfish to sleep.
1: My son has a leopard gecko. I have a leopard gecko in reality. I'm the one who feeds it and waters it and, and cleans its thing all the time. He claims to be emotionally attached to this leopard gecko, who he hasn't looked at in weeks. I don't think. Oh um, boy! Yeah, that's that's as the childhood pet thing goes. It just it's the way it goes for almost everybody. Oh, yeah. If your kid gets a pet, you are taking care of the pet. Well, and it
0: was shortly before Delaney left for college that I was thinking, I'm not keeping your rabbit. I'm not taking. I didn't want a rabbit. I don't want a <laughs> rabbit now. <laughs> And, and little Butterscotch, who I, I admit I was very, very fond of, uh, met her demise just before Delaney went to school. So that was kind you, of a... You snuffed it? <laughs> Again, d- do you have no limits? Do you have any sense of restraint? No, I didn't snuff... But Butterscotch was my buddy. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Well, how did it
1: die? Of some sort um, of freaking rabbit disease. A home break-in? I mean, what? Do, oh, a rabbit <laughs> disease. Okay.
0: Yeah, they, they're, they, they're prone to uh, respiratory diseases and that
1: sort of thing. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. So, uh, I am sorry to hear this. this is bad news. Um, uh, deaths from overdoses are way up, like 30% in a year. And some of the breakdowns on that. This is worth knowing. If you've got a family member that dabbles in the hard drugs and you know it, Maybe you ought to have a talk with them in case they don't know this. Uh, It's news worth having.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Trey Turner's got power.
1: Brown ball should end it. To the right side. Merrifield has got it. And the American League has won their eighth
0: straight as they win it here tonight 5-2. I was always a National League guy. I'm still kind of a National League guy, but eight in a row is dominance. Uh, more on the politicized All-Star game, which I did not watch, I refused to, uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. Wanted to, to share with you this, this Twitter thread that I thought was just absolutely outstanding um and, and I'll just read you the first part and then I know um Jack wants to get to the the drug thing but I've had enough discussions with enough boomer-tier Trump supporters who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent to extract a general theory about their perspective. It is also the perspective of most of the people at the Capitol One Six and probably even Trump himself. And the case he makes is ironclad and some of the best things, one of the best things I've read about uh, the Trump history uh, ever. It's absolutely brilliant, so stay tuned for that.
1: Okay. I thought that Major League Baseball uh, All-Star game was the best All-Star game since the Civil War. I am now going to compare everything to the Civil War. That's my new thing. And these Or uh, Jim Crow. Or Jim Crow. So, uh, breaking news uh, this morning, the CDC came out with the numbers on overdoses last year. There's some surprising stuff in this story. Don't think you're about to hear the same old, same old. I thought I was going to read the same old, same old, reading the AP report, but there's some new stuff in here. First of all, we hit 93,000 overdose deaths last. Holy cow! That's a 30% increase from the year before 2019, which was a record high, 72,000. I'm about to give you some perspective for those numbers that will blow your mind. But the most interesting thing I plucked out of this, a couple different things. One, what was driving the uh, overdose because uh, we've been talking about this for years, and there were records being set year after year. It was painkillers. People were taking painkillers like crazy. And we all know that. And 60 Minutes did stories, and we talked about it, and the Washington Post did this and that. And, you know, there were pill mills all across the country, and there were pharmacies in little towns. The that lies
0: were, of big pharma. There were like,
1: pharmacies yeah. in little towns that were sending out billions of pills and all this different stuff. Well, quickly that went away. They started cracking down on that sort of thing, and the people that wanted to get high continued to want to get high, and they turned to heroin. So heroin overtook painkillers, and now it is fentanyl. The increase year-to-year year of 30%, almost entirely fentanyl, and the fentanyl is in heroin, um, your meth, and what's the other one uh that are, people are taking a lot of? cocaine heroin cocaine and methamphetamine if you go out and do those drugs there's fentanyl in it likely and that's going to kill you so that's something to watch out for if you know anybody who's like a recreational drug user but to put those numbers into perspective the increase is the biggest year-to-year jump ever by a lot according to the cdc there were 7,200 overdose deaths in 1970 when the so-called heroin epidemic was raging in U.S. cities. Oh, my god! 7,200. We had nearly 100,000 deaths from overdoses last year. In uh, 1988, at the height of the crack epidemic, and it was the only story in America for a while, 9,000 people died from drug overdoses. 9,000. And we fundamentally restructured our justice system to battle that. Take that times 10 for last year. How about that historical perspective? The crack adi- epidemic, you think about that, and, You know, if you don't remember, that was like the big story on the news every single day. Like Joe said, we changed our laws across the country to deal with 9,000 deaths. We had nearly 100,000 overdose deaths last year.
0: Anybody like to make the argument that the country's swing to the left is uh, unrelated? Oh, I I
1: left out my favorite part, why they think this is happening. Stay tuned for that.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: There was an announcement of uh, donuts in the lunchroom, and there was a stampede of humans, which was going to look like... Almost look like one of those things you see when they do the whole Mecca thing, and you you just (laughs) see sandals and dead bodies. Oh, gee, many. That's what it was like around here, headed to the donuts. That's my drug of choice. I don't think I can overdose on it. We're talking about these grim overdose numbers. It's definitely one of those things, as opposed to car wrecks... Uh, you know, I could get in a car wreck today and die, no fault of my own. I'm not going to die from a heroin overdose today. Pretty much, pretty much can guarantee that. Uh-huh. If you got loved ones who dabble in the hard drugs, let them know heroin, cocaine, and meth laced with fentanyl that you might not know about is killing people like crazy. Biggest jump ever year to year, thirty percent in one year. Almost a 100,000 people died of drug overdoses last year. To give you some perspective, if you didn't hear this, it's just too amazing not to say it again. At the height of the heroin epidemic that I remember, you know, I just hearing about it as a little kid in the early 70s. 7,200 people died of overdoses. 100,000 last year. At the height of the crack epidemic in 1988, when we, you know, we got to get a hold of this. This is destroying our nation. President going and giving national addresses, crime laws. Mandatory to- minimums, yeah. 9,000 people died at the height of the crack epidemic. A hundred thousand people died last year. So the why, I find this as fascinating as anything else, and this is from the Associated Press. Extended benefit money going out. And they quoted people saying, when I have more money, I stock up on my drug supply. People, they, There's no evidence that more people started using drugs because you keep hearing about, you know, as dark times, isolation, blah, blah, blah. No, same number of people using drugs. They just had more money in their pocket. Oh, boy. Is a lot of what they think and may have caused didn't it. Didn't have to work. Didn't have to work and had more money. And that wow. killed off another uh, 30% of people from the year before.
0: Well, and there are several cities where drug overdose, San Francisco, most uh, notably, where drug overdoses outnumbered COVID deaths uh, two to one. Wasn't even close. Yeah,
1: um, that's not boy, surprising that's... to me. It's funny; I'd never even thought of that. If you're if if you're an alcoholic, you're a drug addict or whatever, and all of a sudden you could afford to stay home and could afford your your drug of choice. Oh my god! Change your lifestyle, of course. Well,
0: one more aspect of this that that's just nuts is that oh, the they mentioned the coming... lack
1: of evictions. You couldn't get evicted, ah, right? And you had money in your pocket.
0: So it's easier and easier, more and more comfortable to be a drug addict. Meanwhile. Uh China is shipping us all this fentanyl and we've told them you gotta crack down, you gotta stop it and, and Chairman Xi, I mean, he's not saying this out loud, but come on now. He's saying yeah, I'm killing and rotting out my biggest rival from the inside, and I'm gonna stop.
1: No. Well there's some there's some people believe it's fully on purpose, like the Chinese government, the Chinese military is producing this fentanyl. And getting into the United States. It's not only like they're allowing it to exist. They're they're making it and sending it over here because they believe we're such a decadent, diseased society that we'll lap it up and die uh, by the tens of thousands, which uh, that latter part seems to be true.
0: I haven't come across those reports, but it's absolutely not an outlandish claim at all. No, of course all. not. I mean, given all the other tools they use. Yeah. Complete change of topic here. I uh, came across this uh, Twitter thread the other day, and I thought it was absolutely excellent. I wish I had the the time, the organization, the intellectual uh, capacity to do this sort of thing myself. Uh, I'll tell you about who, who wrote it in a bit. He's an author. You, you may have heard of him, but <clears throat> he says, I think I've had enough discussions with enough boomer-tier Trump supporters who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent to extract a general theory about their perspective. It is also the perspective most of the people at the Capitol on 1-6 and probably even Trump himself. Now, if you're a Trump hater or thought that the, the Capitol thing was merely an insurrection by crazy people or uh, that anybody who claims the election was stolen is stupid, I would encourage you to listen to this and then feel free to respond uh, mailbag at com. We'll meet here again tomorrow. Same time. Talk about it. So getting on, going on with this text string most believe some or all of the theories involving midnight ballots voting machines etc but when you f- but what you find when you talk to them is that while they'll defend those positions with info they got from Hannity or Breitbart or whatever they're not particularly attached to them here are the facts actual confirmed facts that shape their perspective one the fbi and others spied on the 2016 trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the clinton campaign We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. For instance, see uh, Brennan's early uh, July 2016 memo, etc. These are Tea Party people, the types who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday and have founding father memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence, including forged documents, is a big deal to them. Everyone involved lied about their involvement as long as they could. We only learned the DNC paid for the manufactured evidence because of a court order. Comey denied on TV, knowing the DNC paid for it, when we have emails from a year earlier proving that he knew. This was true with everyone, from CIA Director Brennan and Adam Schiff, who were on TV saying they'd seen clear evidence of collusion with Russia, while admitting under oath behind closed doors that they hadn't. All the way down the line, in the end, we learned it was all fake. At first, many Trump people were worried there must be some collusion because every media and intel agency wouldn't make it up out of nothing. When it was clear that they had made it up, people expected a reckoning and shed many illusions about their government when that didn't happen. We know as a fact that A, the Steele dossier was the sole evidence used to justify spying on the campaign. B, the FBI knew the Steele dossier was a DNC op. C, Steele's sources told the FBI the info was unserious. And D, they did not inform the court of any of this and kept spying. Trump supporters know the collusion case back in front. They went from worrying the collusion must be real, to suspecting it might be fake, to realizing it was a scam, then watched as every institution, agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare people away from working the in, working in the administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, press, and government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that crossed all institutional boundaries because it had stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper. GOP propaganda still has many of them thinking in terms of partisan binaries, but a lot of Trump supporters see that the regime is not partisan. They all know the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was a Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush election. I like him taking that. That's angle, interesting. By the way. Yeah, yeah. It's about the permanent power in DC as opposed to partisans. Uh, getting back to the text, it's hard to describe to people on the left who are used to thinking of government as a conspiracy. You remember Watergate, CoIntelPro, weapons of mass destruction, etc. How shocking and disillusioning this was for people who encouraged their sons to enlist in the army and hate people who don't stand for the anthem. They could have managed the shock if it only involved the government. The the behavior of the corporate press is what really radicalized them. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them, Hmm. by you. The idea that the press is driven by ratings and sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime they now see an outline. No, Nothing anyone ever says will make them unsee that, period. This is profoundly disorienting. Many of them don't know for certain whether ballots were faked in November 2020, but they know for absolute certain that the press, the FBI, etc., would lie to them if there was. You know, ballot irregularities. They have every reason to believe that, and it's probably true. They watched the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Brett Kavanaugh as a gang rapist, based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. They led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a summer of riots. They always claimed the media had liberal bias. Fine, whatever. They still thought the press would admit truth if they were cornered. Now they don't. It's a different thing to watch them invent stories whole cloth in order to destroy regular lives and spark mass violence. Time magazine told us during the 2020 riots there were weekly conference calls involving, among others, leaders of the protests, the local officials who refused to stop them, and the media people who framed them for political ineffect. effect. In Ukraine, we call that a color revolution. It's kind of a complex notion but we'll talk about it later. Throughout the summer, Democrat governments took advantage of COVID to change voting procedures. It wasn't just the mail-ins. They lowered signature matching standards, etc. After the collusion scam, the fake impeachment, Trump people expected shenanigans by now. Re-fake impeachment, we now know that Trump's request for Ukraine to Corb was more or less legitimate. Then you get the Hunter laptop scandal. Big Tech ran a full-on censorship campaign against a major newspaper to protect a political candidate, period. Everyone knows it, although the tech companies now admit it was a quote-unquote mistake. But, you know, the election's over, so who cares? Goes without saying, but if the New York Times had Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop full of pics of him smoking crack and engaging in group <laughs> sex... Lots of lured family drama, emails describing direct corruption, and backed by the CEO of the company they were using, the New York Times wouldn't have been banned. Think back, stories about Trump being pissed on by Russian prostitutes and blackmailed by Putin were promoted as fact, and the only evidence was a document paid for by the opposition, etc. The reaction of Trump people, he's bringing it home now, to all this was, that's no fair. That's how they felt about Romney's binders of women in 2012. This is different. Now they see correctly that every institution is captured by people who will use any means to exclude them from the political process. And and he goes on at some detail. I, I love all of it. It's good. He, he it starts to get a little repetition, repetitious. But the case he's laying out, and in case it's not obvious to you, is people's trust in the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, the nation's media, the government in general, has been systematically destroyed, and, and for pretty good reason, well, the Brett yeah. Kavanaugh stuff.
1: You know, and it's been the theme today with, uh, with Biden giving his speech yesterday about this is the worst thing since the Civil War. Both sides have been playing so loosely with destroying our institutions and we're all going to, we all are paying a price for it, and it could pay some, like, really serious prices, like that the country no longer functioning, when all of these institutions, now now both sides, have plenty of legit reason to not trust these institutions. We're doomed when that happens, you realize. Right. It takes decades and centuries to to build up belief in these institutions, and we're just tossing it away uh, so easily. Yeah, you,
0: uh... You know, you don't want to have like a naive, idiotic, childlike trust in institutions because that's no good either. But it's not a perception of trust that's been lost. It's it's actual trust. Sure. There's, there's oh, no yeah. reason to trust them. Describe yeah. to me, please, CNN's limits, what they wouldn't do, or the New York Times, for that matter, or or the FBI. And I, I, I have a number of friends who are with the FBI. I've raised money for fallen agents. Uh, I, I'm... I'm a big fan of the FBI when it does what it's supposed to do the way it's supposed to do it. But, man, they did themselves some enormous, enormous uh, damage. By the way, that thread was written by uh, Daryl Cooper, who's uh co-host of a podcast called The Unraveling with Jocko Willink, and he's the author of um, a couple of different things. But anyway, uh, we'll have a link to that at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to read it uh, in full. It's pretty long, but I think it's pretty persuasive.
1: The mayor of Miami is calling on Biden for airstrikes against the Cuban regime. That would be something. Um uh, you can call for that if you want, Mr. Mayor. That's something. Anyway, we got plenty of other things to talk about and our text line is one. I've eaten I've eaten one donut and it's not the last one I'm going to have. Our text line is 415295KFTC.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter. Winston packs rich tobacco specially selected and specially processed
1: for good flavor and filter smoking.
0: Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette juice.
1: Yeah, that was a different time. Uh, we didn't know or they didn't know. Did they know at that point that the cigarettes were killing people or did they still not know? Uh, Big Tobacco knew, I think, at that point. That was uh, Fred Flintstone and Barney. If you don't recognize the voices, hey, Fred, how about a nap? I got something better. Um, you know, and even with the extraordinary numbers, we were talking about overdose, overdoses and fentanyl and everything like that still pales in comparison to a half a million year from lung cancer. And almost all of those lung cancer deaths are smoking. So smoking Uh still way outstrips fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Tobacco?
0: ah, Still the champion after all these years. You know, I I was reminded as we were reading that uh, Twitter string about why people have become so disillusioned and and just untrusting of all the institutions in society. Um, The the All-Star Game, getting moved from Atlanta to Denver, was utterly unjustified and unnecessary. I didn't watch it last night. I've got kind of a bitter feeling in... A bitter taste in my mouth over. Go ahead uh, with clip number 24. This is Bill Malugin of Fox News.
1: The city of Atlanta is expected to lose a staggering $100 million worth of business because the game was taken away from them. And Republicans are looking to pounce. They're going to be airing a series of television ads that will air during the game tonight. And those ads really go after Democrats for what they say uh, is Democrats just stole the game from the city of Atlanta by lying about what was in Georgia's new voting law. Now Major League Baseball made the decision back in April to move the game from Atlanta to, to right here in Denver. They did it after prominent Democrats, corporations, and even President Biden himself criticized the law, with President Biden going as far as calling it Jim Crow on steroids. push Republicans push uh, back, said the law was being misconstrued, but the damage was done. Yeah, the law was greatly misconstrued. Yeah, I'd say, let's go ahead and hear a clip of one of
0: those ads, clip 25.
1: This was supposed to be Atlanta's night, but we were robbed. Democrats stole our all-star game to push their divisive political agenda. Politicians and corporations lie, while black communities got hurt the most, even though a majority of black voters support laws like voter ID. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, uh, that's one of the great, uh, doesn't get talked about enough, a majority of black voters by far, it's like 70 or 80 percent of uh, black voters, along with everybody else, thinks, yeah, sure,
0: voter ID, of course that makes sense. And what drives people into the arms of conspiracy theories and various wackadoodle trees is that even as the shouting was going on about the All-Star game being in Atlanta, there were major publications, major news networks saying, whoa, 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 hey, this law, it's actually more liberal than, for instance, Joe Biden's Delaware. These rules are more strict in some states. They're more liberal in some states. But that that counter argument was not even recognized as reality in the in the in the rush that the weird like is it terrified or, or crazed with with the anger move of yanking the all-star game away from a majority black city and hundred a hundred million dollars out of, of black people's pockets nobody even would say I hear your argument and you're wrong they would not even recognize that it exists which is why people are getting so so bitter and cynical and, and and hateful in in ways i mean if somebody won't even listen to your very reasonable objection you don't just sit back and think well that's a shame no you hate them for it
1: we're in a bad spot we are in a bad spot we are in a very bad spot at least our cartoon
0: characters aren't pitching cancer sticks, but who knows? I could make a coming at this point. I, I would. I'd sell cigarettes. I don't care anymore. <laughs> We're screwed as a country. We've done our best for a long uh, damn time to, to try to argue what's right and and try to you know prop up what's good and, and squash down what's bad in this country. We've failed. I don't care. If somebody call and want us to endorse fentanyl. I'll do it. Oh my god! I've given up. I've given up. It'll get you really high till it kills
1: you. Fentanyl. Uh, we got this text on the, uh, the numbers out today. I'm an addiction expert and I have had six clients overdose in the last four weeks. It's horrible. Two of them were just young adults who used socially. It's because they, they were, they, they thought where they were doing regular cocaine as a party drug and it had fentanyl in them, in it probably. Right. The fentanyl issue is catastrophic. Unlike anything we've ever seen, I've been doing this for over 20 years.
0: I think everybody's hip to this by now, but if you're not, it's extremely powerful. And you just mix teeny, teeny little bits of it in with the heroin to get people extra high and the rest of it. If you just miscalculate the slightest amount, the person's dead.
1: Yeah, I've got a friend uh, whose daughter died of a heroin overdose a few months back. She's still not over it. She uh, doesn't know if she'll ever get over it. it It's probably one of those situations. I don't know the details, but it probably was. Picture pouring
0: yourself a shot. Seven-eighths of an ounce will get you drunk. A full ounce will kill you. Armstrong and Getty.